Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Let's go. Another edition of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. Glad you're with us around the state this afternoon or online, wherever you're tuned in. Welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Bob and Kelly, we're in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson is in Laurel. We're glad you're with us. And of course, we're at the Southern Bank Course Studios in both towns, and we appreciate uh, very much. Their support of our program. Got a good show for you today. A.J. Ricketts is the play-by-play voice of the Florida International Panthers. He's going to join us in just a moment. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com on the show later. Quick reminder about Dickie's Barbecue. Great place to take the family. Great place to cater your next event. Great supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and the Eagle Hour. They're open seven days a week. And we hope the next time you want a good family meal, you'll make it Dickie's Barbecue right here in Hattiesburg. All right, the Golden Eagles uh, played last night, uh, beat a tough Southeast Louisiana team. You guys were right about that. That was no cupcake. Uh, three to two, and uh, they're on an airplane. I think actually they're supposed to leave right now at one o'clock, is what they told me last night. Headed over to Miami to take on the Florida International Panthers, and uh, we're happy to have the play-by-play voice of that uh, fine university on the uh, show with us today, AJ Ricketts. Uh, Mr. Ricketts, welcome to the Eagle Hour. Gentlemen, thanks for having me on. As always, I know uh, the, the time we have left to do these segments is, is winding down in this era of Congress yeah. realignment. But I, I enjoy the time we <laughs> we do have. Though. Well, I appreciate it. You know, I'm looking at. Uh, I was look. I, I was told last night a couple of people from the uh, program were saying, you know, don't be fooled by the record of Florida International. And so this morning, I look at your schedule: two games against right. Michigan, three against UConn. Two against South Florida, two against Miami, three against Louisiana Tech, three against Old Dominion. Uh, you guys have you guys have kind of been like Southern Miss in that you have really played a tough schedule. Yeah, you know, if you're, if you're you know in a certain region or certain area, you guys certainly get this as well. You'll it, it's going to be inevitable that you, yeah, the strength of schedule will certainly be be challenging, um, and so the midweek certainly provide that opportunity. Obviously, Conference USA being a league that typically has multiple tournament teams, three or four, you're going to get challenged as well. I mean, Old Dominion, you know, laid it to uh, Virginia <laughs> last night uh, right. on the road. Right. And FIU got picked up one win against Old Dominion. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been a tough, tough season for sure, but the, the schedule certainly reflects that. You're right. Another similarity I see in the two teams this year is you only have two seniors on your team. Much like Southern Miss, it's a young baseball team. Yes, yeah, super inexperienced. There, I mean, there's a lot of young talent. You know, Coach Melendez always is able to recruit well and, and bring in some top, uh, you know, group of five recruiting classes. That to, to your point, that the pitching staff had had less than 200 innings combined. <laughs> heading into the season so it's a bit uh thrown into the fire and learning on the fly you know there certainly is talent but uh that they they are young you're right about that coach melendez went to fiu from alabama state where he had put together you know quite 
quite some seasons at, at Alabama State. And this, I'm kind of probably under understating the obvious, but the fact that, that, and this is kind of where baseball is going, the fact that Coach Melendez is bilingual can only help him, I would think, in recruiting process, particularly in a heavily Hispanic South Florida. Yeah, you know, he, what he's always done well, and I remember I, mean, I went to undergrad at, uh, at Miami, and I remember when his Alabama State teams came down, and I and, uh, forget if he was there when uh, Bethune-Cookman came down when that, when that process or when he changed jobs. But you know, he always recruited Puerto Rico so well. And even on this year's team, you know, he, he has the top two recruits uh, from, from Puerto Rico during, during that particular year, Steven Antina and Mario Zabala. So, yeah, certainly, certainly a strength when you're in South Florida to have that, have that too. But Merv's always been a good recruiter wherever, wherever he's at, whether it's Daytona, uh, up in Alabama, or, or obviously here in Miami. So as you break this team down, what, from what you've seen so far, strengths, weaknesses perhaps? Yeah, well, you know, the weak in terms of weaknesses, I, I think the bullpen has has kind of been a thorn in the side, really, not just this season, but the last few years. Uh, the team has been able to be competitive you know, early in some games, and it just it just gets out of hand when it becomes a staff game. Uh, you know, if, if the bullpen is able to make some improvements, I, I think the team could could start to put some things together. Um, Patrick Pridgen is a transfer from Oregon. He's he's been the bright spot. Of the pitching staff, um, and it may not be reflected in the wins and losses, but you know, obviously, you know, in this era of baseball, you can't always gauge a pitcher's effectiveness off just you know wins and losses. A lot of other metrics to take into account. So he's been he's been a bright spot for the team. Um, a lot of fun to watch as a typical Friday night guy. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what he can do against obviously a a club that has plenty of postseason aspirations. And you guys, all right, uh, Luke, get in here with Mr. Ricketts. AJ, thanks so much for coming on. You talked about Patrick Pridgen, 70 strikeouts in just 42 innings pitched. I mean, that's kind of what Tanner Hall and, and Hurston Waldrop have, have been. Uh, looking back at the series, you guys won a series against Marshall, win one from uh, from Old Dominion, get swept by Tech. Kind of the talk of this Southern Miss baseball team has been the, the, the pitching, obviously the starting pitching and, and the depth of it. What as you have like begin to look towards this series, is is uh, is this probably the best starters that that the Panthers have seen this season uh, collectively across a weekend? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I know obviously UConn is is been on the edge of the top uh, top twenty five. Michigan has a talented team as well. But uh, you look at the other weekend series that that FIU has had this year. We started this season against St. Thomas. I don't know if you guys uh, have heard they they were a D three team that moved to D one because they were beating up on too many D three teams <laughs> so too often, um, and they challenged us, but we were able to get a sweep there. And but other than that, you know, it's been for the weekend series, it's been UConn, Jacksonville, and then we were in, in the CUSA play. This will be the the deepest and, and most talented. Um, you know, pitching staff, I, I think it's certainly spirit to Old Dominion, though ODU certainly has a very formidable club. So the, bat, the bats are going to have to wake up uh, for, for FIU. There's you know, a couple players hovering around 300 right now. Um, Roberto Sotolongo leads the team with 312 average, and he got three players at 289 or above. But from there, uh, it's 242 or under. So it, it's going to be uh, – Panthers are going to need some more balance throughout the lineup uh, against that staff, no doubt about it. Along with Pridgen, you got three other uh, or two other guys. Uh, one with eight starts, one with four starts. Is has that been a, a kind of your your rotation, your weekend rotation has kind of been flux, or has there been someone else besides Pridgen that's been pretty uh, consistent across the weekends? 
Yeah, Cabarsis and uh, Laquaria had the start the last two. Um, you know, it, it's a di- it's different stories, different weeks. You know, some, there's there have been some weekends where you know they've come to play and, and you know been on top of their game, but the, the offensive support hasn't been there. Um, you know, Laquaria this past weekend against uh, Western Kentucky struck out seven. You know, went five innings, but also had his struggles and given up five five runs. All of those were earned. You know, so you see the potential there with a seven strikeout game. Um, but also a little loss of command, three walks, giving up the erd runs. But they, they still want to try to stretch the starting pitching, obviously, because the bullpen has had its share of struggles this year. So even despite giving up five runs, goes five innings on that day. So, um, you know, it, it, it's tough. I don't see the, I think the team's getting the consistency um, on a non-Friday that they would want. And unfortunately, that's been reflected with the record. Hey, Jay, you made the comment before we went on the air. You know, you've been on our show before. always love having you that this is going to be our last go-round with FIU <laughs> and the Conference USA. Well, what are the, what's the thought process over there at your university about the, about the new look of Conference USA and the departure of the three schools? Yeah, you know, it's, it, and I've talked to people. In my opinion, look, you've got to look at it this way. Just based on precedent, perhaps it's not the end of realignment, right? <laughs> you know, right, right? Every time we think we're all settled and this is it, uh, you know, a couple of years later down the road, uh, we're, we're doing this game again. So, you know, I, 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 there's a new administration in NFIU, uh, Scott Carr, uh, uh, who, who's a former Golden Eagle. You know, yeah, yeah. He, he spent plenty of time in Hattiesburg, and it's been, it's been great to get to know Scott. He's first class. Uh, individual and i think he's putting the wheels in motion um whether it be fundraising facility upgrades you know he knows what this is all about he's been time in the sec as well uh he was at ucf for you know their surge in momentum and going from the americans to the big 12 soon and he was a big big deal behind a lot of ucf's initiatives so uh you know i think he's trying to get the wheels in motion for you know maybe when this happened down happens down the road um you know, FIU perhaps will be more well prepared for it. Um, you know, I'm 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 envious of, of y'all's move to the Sun Belt. I will say, I, maybe particularly because uh, you know I grew up in Pensacola and the, and the Sun Belt basketball tournaments in Pensacola, and I was yeah. <laughs> I would have yeah. always enjoyed a trip back home for that. But I uh, know I think it's a great move for you guys, and I know for Conference USA, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic on on what the future looks like for the conference because I almost think it's similar to what you see in the Sun Belt right now, um, whether it be Jacksonville State, uh, Liberty, or, or, or the programs out, out west, I, I, I think you have, or Sam Houston State, you have programs where the town, the city really rallies around the university, where there's a lot of school pride in, in that town, you know, whether it be similar to, you know, Hattiesburg in, in, in Southern Miss or Coastal Carolina uh, in Conway, uh, South Alabama, Mobile, those, those towns that rally around their school. And I think you kind of see that in some of the programs that are that are entering yeah. Conference USA. So hey, it'll Jay, be interesting to see how that develops. Hold your thought. Can you stick around for just a couple minutes? Yeah, yeah no okay, doubt. Okay, more with A.J. Ricketts right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Just a quick reminder, you can always catch the Eagle Hour on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, which is Kelly's favorite. And tune in. Or Kelly, you can just tell Alexa to play 
Super Talk Eagle Hour, and that is not the Alexa that called security on you. I just want you to understand. Hey, that. If I can get any woman to answer my phone call, I, I'm, I'm a step ahead. You might be the only guy that could talk to Alexa and she not respond to you. You're exactly right about that. You know, we all have our crosses to bear, you know. <laughs> All right, this segment of the show is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net on Hardy Street, great place to buy Southern Miss apparel. You can buy it in person, you can buy it online at campusbookmark.net. However you buy it, make sure you get your Southern Miss swag from Campus Bookmark and campusbookmark.net. We continue our conversation with A.J. Ricketts, and uh, really appreciate your time, A.J., the uh, play-by-play voice of Florida International uh, University. A uh, couple of questions from me, and then the guys may have something before we let you go. Some, yeah. A little bit of confusion about uh, the availability of the ball games starting tomorrow night, but you do say that the the games will be uh, available on stream. Yeah, yeah, relaying from uh, from our director. Uh, all three games should be streamed. It's on. Uh, they'll all be on CUSA TV, which is uh, you know that lovely platform for everyone to pay an extra ten dollars a month in, in addition to the ESPN Plus uh, subscription that right, we all right. probably pay for. So uh, I, I know that's an annoyance, but uh, yeah, they will be they will be on CUSA TV. Well, the truth is, I couldn't buy three tickets to see three games for ten bucks. Am I right well. about that? <laughs> AJ, we just want to make sure you felt our pain last weekend because you guys played at Western Kentucky, and the best way to describe their stream, we described it as the security camera on top of a Ferris wheel. Uh, oh, as no. far as the view oh, no. angle, so I, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll preface. I, I know we'll have two solid broadcasters. Um, I, I'm having the weekend out, um, but we'll have two solid broadcasters there. Where the, the behind home plate camera is new and it's crisp um i, I, I talked about permitting um issues uh, the center field camera will not be there it's it's tough you know it, i i it's a struggle sometimes but uh, hopefully it'll be better than the ferris wheel view okay so tell tell our, our listeners around the state uh, who who are kids to listen for and watch for out of florida international and uh, who do you guys hope uh, will perform at their best for you this weekend all right, offensively, I'd say Patrick Pridgen. Um, I think he was conference player of the week or, or earlier this year after uh, a strong performance in non-conference. Uh, don't look at his record, which is which is two and four. Uh, as you noted earlier, those 70 strikeouts against, uh, I believe, 22 walks um, can speak to his talent and uh, what he can do. And then offensively, for FIU, um, two, two real sharp hitters at the plate. Robert Sotolongo, he's hitting 312. Um, and then Alex Sanchez, uh, he's a Florida State transfer, hitting right under 300. Uh, he's our, our best power threat. He has nine home runs and leads the team in RBIs as well. So uh, when you're leading those categories, typically good things, nine homers, 30 RBIs. So he, the Florida State transfer is having a good season. All right, my friend, you've always been a real gentleman about coming on the Eagle Hour. We really do appreciate that, and uh, we've enjoyed our conversations with you through the past several years, and uh, hope we all see some enjoyable ball games this weekend. Yeah, I appreciate it. Always, always glad to be on. I hope you guys enjoy the games. Uh, I've always enjoyed the Southern Miss uh, community since I was a, a fifth grader going to Hattiesburg to be the bat boy for Louisville baseball when uh, they were in Conference USA. So I got to experience Hattiesburg as a, as a young kid and then uh, yeah. uh, 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 going through the years. So I've always been a fan. Oh, God, how we used to love Louisville and football, AJ. They were just our, they were just our sweetest, sweetest competitors. 
<laughs> and basketball too. Yes, and basketball too. We always uh, always loved that too. So AJ, yeah. the Eagles, the 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 Sun Belt Eagles are coming to Miami this fall to take on the U. That's right. Uh, if I go out clubbing, have I got a, a, a place to sleep at your place? I got a place to crash? Don't do it. Don't say no. Don't say yes, AJ. I will show you the spots. I yeah. will show you the spots. Just make sure you're ready. Just now sure we're talking. For South Beach and Pitbull and, and all the games. Just don't take him home with you, <laughs> AJ. We're that talking would be now. our advice. The don't, fridge will be empty. Yes, don't let him <laughs> don't in your house. I might. Yeah, I lock the door very quick. <laughs> all right, AJ. Hey, good talking to you, friend. Thank you a lot, man. You happy too, guys. Easter. Be well. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Yes, sir. Happy Easter. AJ Ricketts, everybody play-by-play voice of Florida. I'm going to miss some of these guys that uh, that we've become. J.P. Heath is another one. He's going to be on the show next week, a long-time play-by-play announcer for Rice. Always had a great relationship with these guys, and I really do appreciate A.J. Ricketts. All right, the Golden Eagles, uh, southeastern Louisiana. Kelly Center, you were right. Man, they were just tough as a piece of old leather last night. And uh, I'll just tell you, the Eagles were fortunate to get away with a win last night. And, you know, they're going to have to go back down to Hammond, too, and play. I thought about that last night. That's not going to be real pleasant, I don't think. No, the South one, you know, the South one really gets beat up badly in football and basketball. They have to play a lot of money games you know go on the road and and they're just not they're just not very strong in football and basketball but baseball some of those teams can can carry their weight you know and uh, southeastern has always been that way when jr teagues was the athletic director there and and uh, matt riser the coach is a picayune native so he knows all about southern miss and what it takes to win and knows about the caliber of high school players there are in louisiana that Believe it or not, folks, not every high school baseball player in Louisiana goes to LSU. Right. You know, <laughs> now, there are a few that go. Uh, uh, Luke, uh, Christopher Sargent's the difference last night. Two big, one incredible home run. Yeah. Uh, if he doesn't play like that last night, the Golden Eagles get beat. Three out of the last five games has been home runs that have won it for the Golden Eagles, whether, you know, late inning heroics by. Will McGillis or Sarge last night with, uh, you know, the two solos. Slade Wilkes had the solo in the first win against Charlotte. But. Yeah, I mean, let's just state the obvious last night. We were the benefits after being get ripped off at Charlotte, you know, for, for the hat trick. We were the benefits last night. I mean, it was pretty obvi- obvious in the top of the ninth last night. That guy was – He was uh, out. Was, he was – okay. He was safe. <laughs> we'll call it like we see it. You know, the uh, I, th- I think it was actually Gabe and, and Rodrigo's dad said the only thing that Southern Miss got robbed last night was some Pete Taylor Park magic. That's what he said. So if they'd have tied it in the top of the ninth, we'd have won it in the bottom of the ninth. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean – Again, pitching for Southern Miss. That was the key. Uh, uncharacteristic for Isaiah Rhodes, um, you know, to, to do what he did. He gave up a run. But, I mean, the first, uh, what, first five innings of the game, Stewart, Gillenton, uh, and, tough, yeah. and then Boyd comes in and gets the double play. Yep. Ramsey, of course, uh, you know, slams the door um, as he normally does. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it got interesting there really quick. And uh, Golden Eagles left seven on last night. They had eight hits. Southeastern had ten hits. Southeastern kind of hit the ball a lot better early on, and I'm not sure we're ever going to find the second home run for Christopher Sargent. I think Jason Baker on the ESPN broadcast, he said, well, Sargent's got 11. That one's on the trace, and that was he hit that ball. I mean, that was what it looks like to hit a ball 450, 475. Well, well, I'll tell you this interesting story. So I'm sitting there last night uh, with Lee Applewhite, and um and uh, and uh, uh, Heath Carpenter, and so we're we're talking in, uh, about the frame of the new scoreboard, right? It's huge, and I make the comment: it's going to take a real stud to hit one over the new scoreboard when they get it up. Two pitches later, Kelly, 
Sargent hits it over the frame. Well, and for the record, A.J. Ricketts said their center field camera is not going to be there this weekend. It was going to be until they saw Sargent hit the ball last night. Oh, it was. <laughs> let me tell you, man, it was a gorilla shot they, out of the ball. They didn't want to put their camera in, at risk of getting smashed by no, it. Was, it, you know, it went over that scoreboard frame, Luke, and it was still climbing when it went over. I mean, it, it was, was a high pitch. Yeah. And, I mean, it was right in the wheelhouse. I mean, it was probably letter high, and he just – he crushed it. And you know, you guys were talking about the, the different arms that were used last night. We've talked a lot about Coach Ostrander and his ability to coach technique, coach mechanics. Coach Barry and Ostrander together, remember, have to manage that talent. They have to game manage. They have to know what their matchups are. We got a lefty here. We got a righty here. Here are the splits. So it's one thing to have the talented players. It's another thing to coach them you know, to their maximum potential. But then it's a third thing to pull it all together and implement it and make the right decisions in games. And he does. And so far, buddy, I'm telling you, the stars and the moons continue to align. Well, clarify this, though, Kelly. No matter how close the play at home plate was in the ninth inning, the umpire called him out. So he's out. He's out. And, look, I know what everybody's saying, but here's the fact of the matter. Throughout an entire course of a season – you're going to get half the calls, and half the calls are going to go against you. Right. It doesn't seem that way sometimes. Right. Particularly when you don't get the calls, you don't right. think you're getting the – but it and does. It all works out in the wash. I'm not disappointed, Bob, that we got the call there. I'm just – I just no, found I, it – I get it. You know, when you look at the two press releases, our press release said, you know, they attempted a double steal and were called out at the plate. And this is what – um Southeastern's official story said it said uh, here we go SLU ran a double steal uh, Joe Delaney was called out at the plate the ESPN plus broadcast showed Delaney scored easily before the tag was applied but without instant replay available to the umpire crew the call stood I just love the contrast in takes detailed there He's out. the Southern Miss he was called out He's and, out. And don't be surprised if you go to Hammond and, gosh, uh, maybe I'm not, really, I'm not really looking hey, forward to that return trip. I'm, I'm Jody, Lott, Jody Lott made the comment this morning. He said, we have never had one uh, favor done for us in Hammond. So, yeah, it's coming. Well, yeah, guess what? I, I'm not counting on one in two weeks for you guys. <laughs> I just said, guess what? It ain't going to happen then either. All right, Patrick McGee, NOLA.com, joins us every Wednesday. He's up next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, many thanks to A.J. Ricketts for joining us uh, in the first half of the show. Always enjoyed our conversations with him. I appreciate uh, his time. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Kelly Sanders' favorite hangout. He shoots pool, plays beer, and looks at the Southern Miss trib- uh, you know, tributes on the wall and uh, trivia. And, of course, uh, you've had a lot of them 995 plate lunches, haven't you? I've had a lot of things at 4th Street. <laughs> <laughs> Bar and Grill, and I don't regret any of it. No, Bob. great food uh, always. Great guys. I really appreciate Four Street Bar and Grill. Wednesday we go to New Orleans. We talk to our good buddy Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. And uh, 
Patrick, I want to get your thoughts on Southern Miss baseball here. But first, a big weekend because the USFL kicks off and the New Orleans Breakers are going to take the field for the first time in, I don't know, what, guys, 45 years since the Breakers last played? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's – see, I'm 43, so I think it would be like 38 38 years, something like that. It's been a long time. And, you know, all the games are going to be played in Birmingham, as we've said uh, before. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where they end up next year. The plan is to move all the teams to the markets. But, yeah, the uh, Breakers will play at 3 o'clock. On, I think it's 3 o'clock. Y'all can double-check me on that on Sunday. And they're playing the Philadelphia Stars at Protective Stadium where UAB plays uh, the new stadium there. And uh, it's going to be on the USA Network, so it should be pretty easy to access. It's crazy that uh, – opener between the uh, Birmingham squad and I think the New Jersey squad, they're going to simulcast it on both Fox and NBC. So I, I, wow. I, 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 that's kind of weird, and, and so that should get, get, get in front of a lot of eyeballs, uh, at least from the start. Uh, we'll see what it looks like on TV. And Skip Holtz, uh, the old Louisiana Tech coach, is the head coach of the Birmingham team, and I kept watching his draft picks come along. And I felt like he drafted like half of Conference USA. I'm like, man, this team's going to stink. That's not uh, a good plan, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got Jamar Chase. You know, what's his name? Uh, Jamar. He had the uh, quarterback from Meridian. That Jamar, for Jamar Smith. A, yeah, Jamar Smith. That's it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But I think everybody <laughs> – the people, people have taken the time to put together like preseason rankings, and every one of them has like Birmingham at the bottom. I'm like, well, no. that stinks for the one home team involved. Now, uh, now here's, a, here's a, some little, little USFL trivia, Bob. All right, the Breakers are opening against Philadelphia. When the league started before, the first time around, who was the coach of Philadelphia that eventually wound up coaching the Saints? So it was Jim Mora, wasn't it? Jim Mora Sr. That's yeah. right. And didn't Herschel Walker play for for the Generals? Yeah, yeah. Who were who? The Generals were owned by somebody that wound up being president of the United States. The Trumpster. Yes, the, the Trumpster. Yeah. How uh, about that? Marv Levy. Marv Levy was the coach of the Chicago team before he ever you know started that run with the the Bills. There were a lot of big names associated with the USFL. There was, there was also a lot of money involved uh, there in the early stages. They kind of dried up. Uh, no. Over time, but yeah, there's there was a lot of you know Jim Kelly, Steve Young, all those guys played in the U.S. How are they going to get all the games in uh, in the same stadium, Patrick? Are they going to be like double headers on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, that kind of thing? No, they're going to uh, some of the games are going to be played at Legion Field. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, I, I guess they're probably going to have to draw straws on that. Poor stuff. Somebody's going to get stuck at Legion uh, on Sundays. I don't know, but yeah, they're going to try to move them around. But I think most of the games are going to be played at the new. Right. Luke Johnson, you excited about the USFL? I got to tell you guys, my son-in-law and I were talking this weekend, and he lives in Helena, Alabama, and he and I are going to make some USFL games. We we think it'd be kind of fun to go. How about you, Luke? Uh, I may watch some occasionally. It's just hard for me to watch football in the spring, but I I, I will. I mean, I'll watch some New Orleans stuff just for Coach Fedora and and, uh, some of those guys that, that we know. Patrick, um, New Orleans, before we go talk a couple things with the Saints, interesting tonight, I think this is the dumbest in professional sports, dumbest idea, this play-in tournament, but uh, the Pelicans tonight taking on the Spurs. Um, Pelicans have been without Zion for quite some time, and uh, they still have a chance to go to the playoffs. 
Yeah, and I, I'm actually kind of becoming more on the other side. You, you saw the kind of passion and the weirdness of, of last night uh, playing games. And and I, I think the, the positive of this is that people are actually tuned in and interested. I mean, there's going to be a sellout crowd there uh, for the Pelicans game tonight. So people are really invested at this point. Uh, you know, typically whenever, whenever that, you know, that that last seed uh, locks up a bit of like, well, we got to go play the, the Suns or some first seed team. And, and you know, yeah, you want to get excited about it, but what, do I really want to see my team get swept for four games or do I want to play a meaningful game or two? So I think there's there's the argument, argument to be uh, uh, made from that angle. But, yeah, I mean, people are really excited uh, here in New Orleans. It's, uh, they got stuck with 8.30, 8.30 p.m. Uh, tip tonight. It's on the ESPN, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but, it is. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's it's a big game, and they're going to have Ingram out there playing. Uh, Zion is is, you know, I think they're going to have to probably get into a, a round two somehow, get into the playoffs, then then maybe he's out there for the first uh, series. But if they get hot somehow, somehow with a first round series, then I think the likelihood of him playing the season probably increases significantly. But this, you know, he's not going to be playing in any of these playing games. Sure. All right, let's talk Saints. Uh, draft coming up pretty quick. couple of uh, mock drafts out from ESPN. Basically, it's the same. Receiver at 19, I think Jamison Williams is both in those. That would kind of be a, a really good pickup for the Saints. Of course, he tore his ACL. But depending on how far Charles Cross um, drops uh, from, I don't know why he's dropping. I mean, he's the best uh, proven, one of the best tackles in the draft. From Laurel here, I think I've seen in one more, it was uh, the guy out of uh, northern Iowa, maybe Trevor Penny. Mm -hmm. Um, You think it's going to go offensive lineman receiver like that? Yeah, it seems fairly predictable. But, you know, you point out before, if somebody like the Georgia defensive lineman uh, drops that far, it may be kind of (laughs) hard. You know, a defensive mind. You know, uh, defensive minded guy like Dennis Allen and, and the staff he's putting together, he kind of pull that trigger. Uh, that somebody can be kind of a difference maker for a, a good while. So that defense is pretty darn good. Uh, you know, and they've signed so many defensive guys through free agency. Uh, I, I just re- think this whole draft is really going to be dominated by offensive players at the end of the day. And uh, I think they realize that they, you know, they kind of backed away from the idea of, of putting a lot of money into a receiver through free agency just because of the way the market is exploding and they they think they can do it in a more affordable way and possibly, you know, get somebody even better uh, than what they would get through free agency just through the draft. So I, my expectation is that this is going to be offensive heavy and that they do take two offensive guys, a receiver and offensive lineman in the first round. All right, Patrick, uh, three minutes left. Uh, you covered Southern Miss sports for a very long time. Nobody ever did the job that you did. And frankly, they haven't done it since you left. Uh, but uh, that being said, uh, your thoughts about this baseball team, a lot of chatter that uh, that maybe this is the team, maybe this is the team that repeats 2009. Yeah, I, I think it's a team perfectly capable of, of getting Omaha, no doubt about it. Uh, we talked before the uh, went on air about, you know, this doesn't, they don't have a Reed Trimble, some, you know, in the lineup, somebody that's going to be a, a first, you know, a potential first round major league pick or something like that. Uh, but they're just really solid across the uh, across pretty much every position. They don't really have any glaring weakness. And you know, if Gabe Montenegro really starts hitting the ball the way he's supposed to, he, that we've all seen out of him, that's whenever this lineup can really take off. And I like Blake Johnson a lot at catcher. Uh, the more at bats he's get, the more of an impact guy. We all saw the way he hit the ball in the in Oxford last year, and I thought coming in that he had a chance to maybe be a middle of the lineup guy, maybe hit fifth or sixth. 
and uh, it, you know when you hit the ball fairly well at Charlotte. So, it, you know, if Blake Johnson really kind of hits like he's capable of, Montenegro the same with him. Uh, they've got good depth. Uh, pitching staff is solid throughout. Uh, as long as they just kind of uh, uh, just this team is capable of going to Omaha. It's just a matter: are they going to be playing their best baseball going into the regional, going into the postseason? Will they be able to host, and will they take advantage? So we can talk about how great they are right now. Uh, but it's really about them progressing throughout the season and still be playing really good baseball in May. Well, Patrick, you're you're going to get a chance to see them up close and personal. They still have several trips to make uh, to New Orleans yeah. before the before the end of the baseball season. Any chance that uh, you and Blue will take in an Eagles game this season? <laughs> I, I don't think that, unless it's a, a special dog night at Tulane, I don't think Blue's going to make an appearance. Uh, but it, it, I think it's a 6.30 pitch for the Tulane game. It's, I work. Usually that's around getting off time for me. It might be kind of tough for me to make it out there. I've contemplated going to the Tulane game. We'll just see if the weather and everything kind of plays out. But there is a chance that I do make an appearance for that game. Yeah, I wish that, that more college baseball teams would do things to to help, like the Humane Society, like you know, Boz or Pause for a Cause or Bark mm-hmm. at the Park, something like that, where people could bring their leashed dogs, obviously, to a game and <laughs> contribute some dog food or something you know, in exchange and then donate it all to the Humane Society. But uh, that's for another show. But uh, always great to talk to Patrick, Bob. Yeah, Patrick, we appreciate you each and every week, my friend. Uh, I, real quickly, uh, you're enjoying life down in the Big Easy we gather. Yeah, everything's great. Uh, we actually got a new uh, boss here uh, this week, uh, Renee Sanchez. The, he, uh, Peter Kovac retired here recently, so we've got a new uh, man in charge of both New Orleans and and in uh, Baton Rouge, uh, Renee Sanchez, and he comes down from Minneapolis, so he he knows the big city, and we're all kind of excited and kind of look at things as kind of a reboot. But yeah, everything's going great. New Orleans, the Final Four was really a huge success, and it feels we got a lot of progress to make some other areas, but things are looking good in deal. a good spot right now. All right, and you heard Kelly say that if we go to Omaha, he's going to pay for me and you to make the trip. Now you that, heard that. that you heard is that. Not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> So we would discuss I'm down it. For it. All right, we're in, Kelly. We're in. Pat, we appreciate you, buddy. Have a happy Easter weekend. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour, sponsored every day by D1 and D-Bat. State-of-the-art athletic training right there on Hardy Street in uh, Hattiesburg. Uh, D-Bat, of course, providing uh, expert baseball and softball training for kids of every age. D1 provides uh, training for every sport, uh, from kids to adults. So whatever your sport is, they can make you better at it. At D1 and D-Bat, we uh, thank them for their support of the Eagle Hour. Uh, no show Friday. It's Good Friday. That is a Super Talk holiday. However, we will be uh, at Corner Market. Well, I say we, Gerard's Midday Show, uh, network show, will be at Corner Market in Midtown uh, Friday to uh, help celebrate Easter and help raise food for Homes of Hope for Kids in Purvis. And so we hope that uh, when you're shopping uh, for your Easter food, You'll pick up a couple extra cans of uh, canned food and drop them off. They'll have uh, drop-off boxes at every corner market uh, in front of the store. 
and all of that food uh, will make sure there's really special Easter dinner and a great, great holiday or for the kids at Homes of Hope. And some good guests uh, coming up tomorrow, Kelly Sander. We do have some great uh, great guests planned for tomorrow. The members of the Southern Miss eSports teams. Now, they've been on the program before, but since then, they've gained some national recognition for some great accomplishments. And eSports weren't around when you and I were kids, Bob. No. They're they becoming more and more popular at campuses across the country. So members of the Golden Eagle eSports team on the show tomorrow. And USFL football official Martin Hankins from Purvis will be on the program. He's been licensed with the USFL, and he's actually going to be calling two of the games this weekend in Birmingham. So we'll be able to talk with him about the fledgling league and uh, his role as an official in that league. That's Martin Hankins tomorrow on... Uh-oh. Go ahead, finish. Uh, tomorrow on the program yeah. is... Is that what I think it is? Didn't mean to startle you there. No, is that what I think We do have another programming announcement we need to make. We had scheduled Kelnack the Magnificent for this Friday. We weren't thinking when we did that, but uh, Kelnack's agent contacted us and said he doesn't work on Good Friday. Any day but Good Friday, right? Correct. So Kelnack will be on the Eagle Hour a week from Friday, along with Hunt the Wonder Camel. And uh, we really look forward to having. I, I get frequently asked about Kelnack, and uh, and uh, Kelnack, yes, he's real, and uh, he will be here a week from Friday. And he will. Now, does Rodney Bennett know that the answers are going to be hermetically sealed on his porch? Over we, there? we never tell President Bennett. He okay. seems unaware of the situation. So, yeah, security uh, might have to get involved. Yeah. So Kelnack, a week from Friday. Uh, we hope that uh, you'll join us uh, then. Big baseball series this week. They're all big now, aren't they? Yeah, but I got to. But I got to ask you about. I really do because I know. I know we've all kind of experienced those to the top moments where uh, the Eagles would be on, the hell out of me. They'd be on the cusp of, of you know something great happening when when Fedora and the Eagles got beat by UAB, a team they had no business losing to. That's just one of them, right? Mm-hmm. But that's one that everybody mentions. Mm-hmm. I don't know when when. What's it going to take for this team to be 100% in your heart, knowing that this is a darn good Southern well, you know, Miss baseball team? I love team. this baseball team. I know you do. You but- know, and I love everybody associated with the baseball program. And, you know, I, I find myself in this position. I'm really excited. I, I'm really hopeful that this is going to turn out to be a really special year. But I guess I'm afraid to get ahead of myself because I do understand how you know, and I've learned so much about college baseball in my years of, of uh, dealing with Coach Barry, and it's just it's such an unpredictable game. And as he as he always says, you don't really play the opponent; you play the game. And uh, so I just I just tell myself this: there's a lot of baseball left between now and the end of the season, so don't get ahead of yourself. No, I I understand because as a Bengal fan, that's what I was doing all football season. I was going, right. oh yeah, well it was a good week, but next week we're going to get right. clobbered or right. whatever. But I just and look, one of the things that we either get com- that we either get complimented on or criticized about on this show is that we we tell the unvarnished truth. And one of the things that, that, you know, I've been saying is this, this is a really, really, and I'm not blowing smoke up anybody's right. skirt. And I think they're doing exactly what I thought they That's would do. That's illegal, by the way. You know, well, it's yeah, a, you know, I know. whatever you, Back metaphor. in your day, you know. Yeah. Uh, but man, they're good. Well, here's the difference, Kelly. And, and you've, you've said this all along and you're right. And I see this difference. This is the best overall pitching staff I've ever seen. And, Last night's just an example of the depth of the pitching staff. So in the past, I think we've always had, uh, largely had, 
maybe a couple really studs, maybe one or two stud relievers. It just seems to me that we have a, an incredible weekend rotation. Who's the weak spot? And then we just seem to have pitching depth galore in the bullpen. And when is pitching depth at its highest premium? At the end of the year, brother. When, you're playing, when you're playing tournaments. Right. There have been times when Southern Miss has been in either conference tournaments or regional tournaments. And ran out of pitching. Ran out of pitching. That's what happened in the Super Regional last year. I mean, in the Regional last year at Oxford, or they would have been in the Super Regional. So that's not a problem this year. No, and everybody, that's a difference this year for sure. And everybody so far, when they've gotten that opportunity, they've made the most of it. They have performed. Correct. And so far, there has has not been a hiccup on this team so far this year. They're so good that they can play, as we mentioned earlier, can play maybe poorly and still win. But they haven't even played poorly yet. And knock on wood, uh, pitchers stay healthy. It's a great team. It is a great baseball team. And the games will be streamed, we learned, on CUSA TV. Cost you 10 bucks, but you can see all three games for 10 bucks. And then tell CSUSA to take a hike. That would be my suggestion. Um, to put it lightly. <laughs> Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Hope you'll join us. Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.